to the cross, born to die. Born to die. As we continue our journey to the cross and to the miracle of the resurrection of Easter Sunday, experiencing the spiritual journey with Jesus, the spiritual journey with Jesus. Feel your hearts in the sandals as we walk through this, as we study it on your own. Just imagine, feel what Jesus may have been feeling. Understanding God's redemption plan for mankind. Understanding that a perfectly good world has gone bad, has gone rogue. Understanding that God created a wonderful, a wonderful universe with a perfect world for us, for humans. But it didn't stay that way. It did not stay that way. God did not intend church for anyone to die. He did not intend for his people. He did not intend for hell to be a place for his people. As we talked about last week through the sin of disobedience, from Adam and Eve changed the intent of God's original plan for mankind. As Romans 5.12 explained the effect of that sin. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sin. Sin came into the world through one man, one, Adam. He gave in to temptation and disobeyed God's direct, direct order. His direct command. Therefore, sin and rebellion against God gain entry into the human race. And two things follow. Sin and corruption entered Adam's heart and became a part of his being. Adam then passed sin to the life stream of the human race, corrupting all people from then on. As a result, all humans are born into the world with an impulse, an impulse, and pull towards sin and evil. It is now part of our very nature, church, our very nature, which is called the flesh, which is called the flesh. We know that the flesh is not a physical thing, but it's a spiritual thing, church. It's all we are without God. It's all we are without Christ. The works of the flesh are part of our fallen, unsaved nature, which pulls us towards that evil and pulls us towards that sin. We're all born sinners through Adam, through Adam. But again, 
God did not. He did not, church, create mankind to be his enemy. God did not create, create any of us to go against him. A holy God created mankind in his image and in his likeness not to be his enemy. But through that sin, that sin of disobedience by Adam and Eve, we became God's very enemy, church. Because a holy God cannot be a part of anything evil. A holy God cannot be a part of anything evil. So we were born separated from God physically and also spiritually. But God so loved the world. He so loved the world and everything that he created. And even though Adam and Eve disobedience brought sin and death into the world, God still loved them. He still loved them. But God, a holy God, could not be a part of that evil. He could not be a part of that evil. So he promised that he would send someone, hallelujah, who could rescue his people from that evil church. That he would one day send a savior into the world to destroy Satan and his forces and offer his people a way out of that very sin. Also to restore and to reconcile mankind back to himself. All because God so loved the world and everything he created. See, God's love, God's love, God's great love would not allow him to give up on his people. Would not allow him to give up on his people. And so he told Satan, Genesis 3.15, and you will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. What is God saying through this promise? What is God saying? That you are his. That he loves you. And that he will do anything, anything possible, anything. That he will do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to bring us back into a right relationship with him. He will send a savior to defeat Satan. And offer the forgiveness of our rebellion, our sins against him. We must understand that God created and sustains everything. Everything that exists. Everything. Though sin damaged God's creation and his relationship with mankind, God is at work right now. Our God is at work right now. As I speak, restoring everything and everyone who wants to be restored. Who wants to be restored back to himself. That means your hearts must be open. 
Your hearts must be open to God. Being restored is available to us all. God is at work, church. God so loved the world. He so loved the world that he promised that he would send the Savior to return you and me back into a right relationship with him. That promised Savior will be the Lord Jesus Christ. Will be the Lord Jesus Christ, the name above every name. Hallelujah. A baby boy born in the manger. Born in the dirt. Born in the dirt and now sitting on the throne. Hallelujah. 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 Luke 31. God sent an angel to a young woman named Mary who was a virgin to tell her that she would be the mother of this very promised Savior. He said, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Hallelujah. And Mary said to the angel, how would this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy. Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit worked a miracle. A miracle within the body of Mary. The child that she would be conceiving would be a supernatural act of God. A supernatural act of God. Without touching Mary in any physical way. Our God place that baby that will be our savior within her. That baby will be holy. That baby will be pure without sin. Unlike us. Unlike any others born of the human race. And we know that is the reason that we celebrate Christmas today. That is the day that baby Jesus was born. The day the world received their Savior. Their Savior. And the Bible says this. There were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. Luke 2.10. And the angel told them this. He said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will, bring, that will be all for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. The Savior. The reason we celebrate Christmas. The reason we're here today. In Matthew, an angel appeared to Joseph, who was set to marry Mary, and told him this. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. 
for he will save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. Anybody need saving from sin this morning? We know that the name of Jesus in Hebrew is Yahshua, meaning the Lord saves. The Lord saves. So what is God showing us? This describes the future mission of Mary's son, church. This is the early promise of the gospel, of the gospel, the good news of spiritual salvation through Jesus Christ. And the Savior, Jesus, will save his people from their sins, their spiritual rebellion against God. That he will help us. He will help us reject that pull of evil and sin. That impulse and that pull that we, that some of us probably feeling right now. That impulse of sin that's pulling at us right now. Sin is the greatest enemy of the human race. The greatest enemy of the human race because it separates us from God. It separates us from God. We must never, church, make the mistake of thinking that we can continue on sinning, continue sinning, and be all right with God. Sin is evil, and the holy God wants nothing to do with evil, church, nothing. So don't think that we can continue sinning against God and think that we are still in a right relationship with God. We must be very careful not to take the grace that we have been given for granted. Granted, because everything eventually, church, runs its course. Everything runs its course. God is saying there is only one. There is only one who can save you from your sin, and it's not yourself. It's not yourself. It's not me. It's not your pastor. It's not your mom. It's not your dad. It's not your brother, your sister, your uncle. No. It's not your counselor. No. God's plan was that through faith in his son as the Savior, that we could be saved from our sins. Not by works, but by his grace that no man could boast. No man could boast. But before Jesus would come to be our Savior, church, throughout the Old Testament, God's people he told his people to bring lambs, lambs, and offer them as sacrifices for their sins. Each person had to offer a, sac a, a lamb for their sins. The lamb had to be without blemish. And the lamb would shed blood for that person's sin. The lamb would be killed for that person's sin. That would be their atonement for their sin. And after that, they would be forgiven. Forgiven. 
what was God teaching in the Old Testament? That something must die for sin. Something must die for sin. Remember, we must understand that we are accountable for the cross. Jesus shed blood, died for our sins. In the Old Testament, God was teaching them through the animal, the lamb, that something must die. Something must shed blood for the wrong that's in the people's heart, for the wrong that they do. Many of us today will admit to committing sin. We will admit that we are sinners, that we are sinners. But do we understand the biblical penalty for sin in the sight of a holy God? In the sight of a holy God. 1 John 3, 4 says this, everyone, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practice lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. John's declare sin is lawlessness. It is disobeying a spiritual law of God. A spiritual law of God. If you are a murderer, if you lie, if you steal, all of these are sins because they violate the Ten Commandments. And you might say, well, I don't do that. Well, Galatians 5.20 says idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, decision, division, wild parties, drunkenness, is sin. It's sin. And God pronounced that the penalty of sin is spiritual death and separation from God in a place of judgment called hell. Called hell. So if we have committed any of these offenses without repentance, the Bible says our place of judgment may be hell. May be hell. For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. It's amazing how we overlook sin so much. We don't even care. This, this world don't even care about sin. God's people seem to not care about sin. But sin is the only reason that Jesus came. Sin is the reason that we are here in church. The sin of Adam and Eve brought Jesus into the world to save us. The very reason is sin, and we overlook it as though it's nothing because we receive grace. 
We're not perfect. We'll never be perfect. But God has laws. God has commandments. Sin should never be anything that we should agree upon doing. As God's people, if we raise our hand and say we are God's people, we can't be involved in sin if we love the Lord with all our heart, mind, souls, and strength, church. We can't, we are not perfect, but that still do not give us an excuse. We're taking this journey to the cross, to the cross of Jesus because of our sin. Because of our sin. The grace is repentance. 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 Jesus would go on to teach that sinners were condemned in their sin and would perish and go to hell if they didn't believe in him as a savior. A lot of people today still don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah Savior. A lot of people. And then he said that he was not sent into the world to condemn the sinners, but to save the sinners from condemnation. To save us. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all about sin. It's all about sin. It's all about God trying to get us not to sin within our hearts, our minds, our actions, our thoughts. This is how a sinner is saved from sin's penalty of condemnation, church. Paul in Ephesians said that every sinner is spiritually dead in trespasses and sins. But God, but God in his mercy and grace has provided a way of escape. A way of escape. This is our escape. Believing and trusting in the sacrificial death of his son on the cross. Believing in it means walking this life, living this life in a righteous way. Trying your best not to sin against God. And when you do, you must repent. And repentance means turn away from that sin and turn towards God. Not to go back to that very sin, church. Something must die for your sins. Something must die for our sins. And our merciful God did not want it to be us. He did not want it to be us. So, yes, we're not perfect. We deserve it. 
We deserve it. We deserve death, but God says we're worthy. God says we're worthy, and he still loves us. God hasn't changed his mind about you. How awesome is that? God has not changed his mind about you. Even what you did last night, right? (laughs) Come here for repentance today. God allowed you to come here. (laughs) How good is God? How good is God? But, but there's a lot of others who haven't entered into the house of the God today in their sin. If you truly want repentance, you truly want forgiveness, wouldn't you want to meet at God's meeting place? There's no shame in forgiveness. <laughs> there's no shame in forgiveness. There's no shame in wanting to be right with God. No shame in wanting to be right with God. There's no shame in wanting to go to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For hundreds of years, God's people of the Old Testament church offered those lambs as their sin for their sins, as God really told them to. That's all it was. God told them to. So they understood that something had to die for their sins. They understood it. And I believe they were glad that God allowed those lambs to be their sacrifice, an animal. And we today should wake up every single day with grateful hearts, with thankful hearts because God opened up his son. We should be thankful that God offered up his son. That's hard to to say, but we should be grateful. We should be grateful. He offered up his son to be the sacrificial lamb for our sins. It was not an animal, but the son of God. The son of God. Throughout the Old Testament, God was teaching that one day his son would be the sacrificial lamb, that he would come into the world to be our savior, that he would die on the cross for our sins. Jesus was born to die. Jesus was born to die. But the important issue for us Christians, church, is not so much that he came, it's why he came. It's why he came. The sinless way he lived his life, the example of how we are to live, even though it was flawless without sin, it could not save us. It could not save us. Even his teachings, the greatest truth ever revealed to mankind, could not save us from our sins. There was a price to be paid for our sins, and someone had to die. Someone had to die, and only Jesus could do it. Only Jesus could do it. 
Jesus came to the earth, of course, to reveal God to mankind, to us. He came to teach truth. He came to fulfill the law. He came to show us how to live. He came to bring peace to our hearts. He came to heal the sick. Yes. Jesus came to minister to the needy. But all of these reasons are incidental to his ultimate purpose. To his ultimate purpose. Jesus could have just appeared like the, like the angel of the Lord often did in the Old Testament. And he could have done all of these things like the angel of the Lord. But he had one more reason for coming. One, he came to die. He came to die. Jesus was born to die. He came to die for you and me and everyone else in this world. Because God so loved the world. Because God so loved the world. We, we, we look over that and we'll say that verse, because God so loved the world. But understand that because God so loved the world that we have life. That we have life. God could have required you and me to be perfect. He could have. Perfect or death. If Jesus wasn't the sacrifice for our sin and God said perfect or death, would you strive to be perfect? Would you then strive to be holy? Would you then strive to be blameless? If your life was really on the line, would you? Would you? Would we? Would we? If that grace and that mercy, that Savior, but God doesn't require us to be perfect. But he does say holy. He does say it's holy. But are we striving to be holy or we use the excuse of we're not perfect so we can't be holy? No. No, we can't do that, church. We can't do that. No. We are children of God. Understand, this, this, this month we're representing the cross. There are people that need saving. They need to be brought in to know how to be saved from their sins. But if we're the biggest sinner in the room, what can we do to help them? Jesus came to die. He was born to die. Because God so loved the world. John one twenty nine. He was the sacrificial lamb. Says the next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold. Behold. The lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove, 
and it remained on him. And I myself did not know him, but he went, he, he who went, he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descended and remained, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. John the Baptist called Jesus the Lamb of God because he knew that one day Jesus would die for the sins of the world. Again, Jesus was the only one who could die for our sins because he was pure. He was holy. He never sinned. Jesus said that he was the Son of God, and he showed it that he was the Son of God by doing things that only God could do, church. The Lord Jesus came to be our Savior. He came to be your Savior. We make it personal. Let's make it personal. The Lord Jesus came to be my Savior. If I'm sitting here, if I'm stuck in sin, the Lord Jesus came to be my Savior. If I'm allowing this flesh to take hold of me, I must acknowledge that the Lord Jesus came to be my Savior. He did not come just to heal people or to do miracles. He came to die on the cross for us. The saddest but probably the most wonderful event that ever took place in the world was the suffering. The suffering and the death of Jesus for our sins. The wrong things that we Think about the wrong things that we have thought, the wrong things that maybe we have said, the wrong things that maybe we do, right? Jesus came and died so we could be forgiven, that we could be forgiven for all those wrong things that we do. God offers forgiveness every morning that we wake up. Every morning that we wake up, God offers forgiveness, church. But it's up to us to accept it. It's up to us to accept it. So is there anyone that needs forgiven? Anyone that needs to reconcile that relationship with God, with Jesus today? Anyone who wants to open up their hearts and receive all that Jesus has to offer. These altars are open. These altars are open. We can pray with you. We can pray for you. Or you can lay before the Lord on your own. As Brother Drayson said, offer your life as a Living sacrifice. As Jesus did. Offer your life as a living sacrifice. We're going to the cross. 
What are we offering, church? What are we offering to Jesus? What sacrifice are we offering to Jesus within our life? What sacrifice? Thank you, Jesus. Journey to the cross. Born to die, church. Our Savior. As we go out this week, as we go out this week, heading into Palm Sunday, understand what it's about. It's not about the Easter eggs. It's not even about the children that we so love. It's about understanding the sacrifice of Jesus, our Savior, the one who we live for, the one who died for us. Father, we thank you for this time, Father. We come to you with open hearts, Father. Father, I pray that you just bless us with the understanding, Father, of your redemption plan, Father. That we don't have the mindset, Father, that we don't need saving, Father. I pray that you deliver us from anything that hinders us from being in the right relationship with you, Father. Read our hearts, Father. Read our hearts to ourselves, Father. Reveal to us, Father, where we have failed you, Father. Reveal to us, Father. Before you can bless us, Father, reveal to us where we have failed you. Give us the grace to, to make up for that failure, to correct that failure, Father. And I pray that our love for you, Lord, our love for you, Lord, will put us back on the right track. That our lives will be examples of our love for you, Lord. Lord, we know this is a broken world, a fallen world. We see it every day, Lord. And right now, Lord, I just want to pray for your people all over the world, Father. These tornadoes, Mother Nature is having, having its way through the South right now. The floods are having its way through California in the West right now. The snow is having its way, Father. But, Father, we know that when these things happen, Father, you allow them to happen. We don't know everything, Father, but we believe in your wisdom, Father. So, Father, continue to watch over us. Continue to watch over your people here in this city, in this community, and all over the world, God. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.